0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 333. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today we got Kevin Rakstraw. Hey Kevin. Hey. 333, here we go. Oh boy. Jumping into it. This week on the show we'll be taking a look at Rick Alverson's The Mountain.
1: Oh, the movie everybody's talking about.
0: The movie everybody's talking about this weekend, The Mountain. (laughs) I will be giving my thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did see it. We'll also be talking about someone watching on the watch list going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to please consider reviewing us on iTunes. If you get a chance, that would be incredible. A couple of housekeeping bits at the top of the show here. New Ryan watches a movie is dropping on Thursday. Watch out. I feel like we're getting into a little groove here. I'm liking this. <laughs> you know, that means they're not going to record for another three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does these spurts where he's like really responsive and on top of things and will crank out like three of them in a row. And then it's just radio silent for like three months. (laughs) Yeah, I I sent him a text last night at like, I don't know, like eight o'clock and I just never got anything. And then this morning when I got up, I saw that I had a missed call on discord. So he called me at 143 a.m. on discord. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you expect me to still be up at that time? In Discord no less. Yeah, on Discord, yeah. I, I might have still been awake. I in fact I was still awake during that time, but I certainly wasn't on Discord. Wow. You were still awake? What's that like? It, it's um it's a bit of a mixed bag. It sounds wild. It sounds like you're yeah. living wild life. I, I don't normally stay up that late these days. I mean certainly not during the week. You're, but you're out of control. So Sometimes on the weekends, last, like I had, a I had a lot of movies to watch this weekend, so I was cranking them out. And then I also got into the show, the boys on Amazon. Oh, okay. So I binged that. And I also got into the show forever on Amazon. The one with oh, Fred boy. Armisen and, um, my Rudolph, my Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. That was good too. Yes. I enjoyed that as well. So anyway, We're also going to be recording a new episode of Say by the 90s today. So that'll be dropping. Um, I'm going to try to get it out. I'm going to try to get it edited and done sometime next week. Although I can't make any promises. Follow us on at 90s pod on Twitter and we'll uh, announce a release date. Just so you know, we're going to be doing spoof movies. So July had a lot of spoof movie releases in the 90s. Yes. So we're going to be talking about four spoof movies on this month's episode of Saved by the 90s. So keep a lookout for that. I think we can go ahead and dive into our review. Again, we're going to be talking about The Mountain. This is written and directed by Rick Alverson. Also co-written by Dustin Guy Defa. And Comb O'Leary. Mm-hmm. I have a synopsis here. The story of a young man who, after losing his mother, goes to work with a doctor specializing in lobotomies and therapies. Now, you and I were both really excited for this. Mm-hmm. We both liked Rick Alverson's other movies. I was a big fan of the comedy, I liked entertainment. I didn't, I think those were the only other two that I saw of his that he directed. Yeah, I did not see New Jerusalem or The Builder. However, the premise of this one, you have Ty Sheridan being a photographer for Jeff Goldblum, who plays a lobotomist in the 1950s, and they're on a tour of asylums Mm -hmm. throughout America. I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. And then when that trailer dropped, I was even more excited. I was like, holy shit, this movie looks incredible. And after seeing it, I would say I this might be one of the biggest disappointments I've had this year so far. Ooh, yeah, in that my 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 expectations, my hopes were so high for it, and yeah. what I got was just not anywhere on the same level. Now, I, the other thing that makes it so disappointing to me is because I think that for me, in my opinion of what I've seen this year so far at the movies, this is the best looking movie I've seen this year. I loved the aesthetics of this movie. I thought it looked so incredible. Loved it. Which is, that's
1: that's the difficult thing, right? Because expectation-wise, the look of this movie, everything that goes into the aesthetic of the movie, the cinematography, production design, costuming, all of it, right? Way beyond expectations. Everything else, way, way below expectations. Just extremely hampered by essentially a non-existent storyline or narrative, whatever you want to call it. That, I mean, there's just if if only people did something in this movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's such a shame because I feel like there are there are great actors in this, not just the two leads, but you also have Udo Kier in there, and then you have uh, the guy from holy motors who i'm forgetting dennis lavant dennis lavant yeah you have him in there so you have these like great actors and i think the performances such as they are are good it's (laughs) just that they're very underutilized very very underutilized yeah
1: and they're also just in the service of nothing
0: really the the characters lend little to nothing to the story which in and of itself is little to nothing there's just this movie is and now for the record I I don't mind slow burn movies I like slower paced movies and I know you do too Mm -hmm. you're a fan of the slow burn and there's there's a lot of movies out there that really don't do anything that I like you know just these kind of meandering stories and I would be okay with that I'd be okay if this was just a road trip movie about these two guys visiting asylums, doing stuff, you know, maybe learning a little bit about each other along the way. But it, th- they don't even really capitalize on that premise at all. It's just so slow and plodding. And a lot of it is just completely dialog list. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I have a review for this up on the site, and I said it's like, the the most depressing road trip movie ever conceived because so much of it is just the two of them just driving they're not really getting to know each other they're not talking and Ty Sheridan's character is Andy like he doesn't even he has like 5 lines in this in this whole movie yeah he doesn't
1: talk and i think that's the 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 extremely frustrating thing is for me it's it's one of the things that i hate about American indie films taking to the extreme, where there's just that like people just they won't answer a question. like someone says something, and Andy just looks up and then looks down, and that's it. But for some reason, that scene takes four minutes to transpire, and it's like, just please open your goddamn mouth and say something. If not, don't make a fucking movie.:
0: Yeah, I think frustrating is, is an understatement with this. Now, Rick Alverson is is no stranger to this this style of movie making. I think that all of his films have been challenging. I think mm-hmm. that I think that he actively wants you to to hate the his movies sometimes. They're they're so his movies are so inaccessible and it can be very grating. And certainly this is his most ambitious movie, but at the same time it is in a lot of ways one of his most inaccessible just because of how grating it is like like you said the the frustration factor is just <laughs> through the roof on this like 10 minutes in i was like okay i see where i see where we're going here with this 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 is a this is a really introverted protagonist he doesn't say a lot he's just kind of he's brooding he's just standing there but then like 25 minutes in 30 minutes in there's like no growth of the character at all. And you're just like smashing your face against the wall. Like have him do something or end the movie because I can't take this anymore. Okay. Like he, okay. He doesn't have to talk because you
1: know, his character is kind of this, you know, stunted individual, but just, I had to move. I don't know. Walk somewhere, do something, something. I don't know, it's just it was very irritating, and yeah. then the, there's a, there's a whole lot of because this is it's very there's uh, a decent amount of this that feels very fleeting, and that there's these very, very small, um, superfluous scenes that just don't really need to exist at all, you know, like the, there was just there would just be like a quick little scene of them eating breakfast, I guess. And that would last for like half a minute, and then we'd just go to some, or you know, Jeff Goldblum's like Lillian Gish, Lillian Gish, and then it was like the next thing I'm just like, what? Oh, okay, what? I, uh, whatever. And I think the thing that the thing that makes it even more frustrating is because of the overall look, like everything you can tell that there's just this immense attention to detail that went into this because this looks like 1950s America. Like it's immaculate.
0: Yeah. The level of detail in every set, every house they go to like, like the, the costuming, the just everything, the hotels that they stay in, the, the, uh, the different institutions that they go to and visit, uh, it looks so good. I I just can't stress enough how much I loved the the visual style of this this movie, the color palette that they use where they, they used like all of these kind of muted colors, uh and and like large portions of it were pretty bland and colorless, but then you have these sort of these like pops that would come in with like these nice like pastel colors, and it just looked so good. I Like the framing, just all of the cinematography was just top notch, which, which is what makes this so disappointing because this is a movie that I would love to like see again, but I just couldn't put myself through that.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, like just put it on the, the TV and just mute it and just go about your day and just intermittently, you know, just stop in front of the TV every now and then and be like, oh yeah, this is,
0: this looks great. Like, yeah, I mean, it's the type of movie that you could literally just pause at any moment and just take pull a still and it just looks so perfectly done. It's the point, you know,
1: if you stop there it's Ty Sheridan, you just be like, oh, fuck off, Ty. I
0: think that I think that he is a, a great actor and I think that he did a lot with he did a lot with the character in this, even though despite the character being so uh one note you know you could tell that this was a character that had depth but it's just that we never saw any of that
1: yeah oh yeah and i know that i mean it is it works pretty well as this like like a, a portraiture of like american loneliness but at the same time it's just that over and over again for like a little under two hours it's just, it could have added something to it.
0: Jeff Goldblum was underutilized as well. I think that the lack of dialogue for his character really prevented him from, you know, being Jeff Goldblum and, and really coming out of his shell. There's a few times where he acts a little kooky, but not as much as I expected.
1: No, no. And I mean, it does present... It is interesting in the sense of, like, the 50s with lobotomies and everything, which is just complete insanity to me. The fact that, you know, the majority of people that got lobotomies, you know, were either gay men or women. And here you have the majority of the people doing the lobotomies are the ones that are out of their fucking minds.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just... Yeah. And I also did not know that this movie, I thought it was just the, I didn't know that they were going to be doing the electroshock. Therapy, yeah. Which is,
0: uh,
1: that's uh, that is way too difficult to watch.
0: Yeah. There were a uh, number of medical procedure scenes in this, that, that looked very accurate and disturbing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that I, I have a family member that had that and I know what it does it's not, not good,
0: yeah, uh, so that's the mountain. any final thoughts before we give a, this a score
1: The only thing with it is like Levant shows up at the end, right, and Hannah Gross even there for a little bit, which is like she she brings some interest into the movie and then they immediately cut that off, but the same thing with Levant like he tries to like add this you know emotion to it this the completely emotionless film and tries to get it at the end there and like it was kind of welcome to for me but at the same time I'm like, like i don't know what any of these people are doing i don't know what we're doing here
0: <laughs> yeah like the scene when we're at the whatever kind of like workshop thing that was that he was running that's what i mean like you only get
1: like any of these moments that you get, they're so short and fleeting that it just, it ultimately doesn't matter. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, it's, it kind of sucks. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film, but man, is it a tough watch? It's just, I just it's, couldn't get into it.
1: It's, it's hollow. It's hollow. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a lobotomy itself. I don't know. Is
0: the film lobotomized? I don't know, maybe perhaps it doesn't work either way. I mean if that if that's what that could be what he was going for, but if that's the case, that's just doing a disservice to the audience and the film itself, and I can't really get behind that. yeah, but
1: again, I will reiterate very strongly everyone that was involved with dressing this movie up in terms of set decoration. Costumes, incredible job!
0: Yeah, I mean the locations too the the different like hospitals and hotels that they go to. I mean, it just, ugh, it's just yeah. so good, just so good. uh All right, I give this a five out of ten on my review. Kevin, what are you going to give this?
1: I think I'm right there with you,
0: straight down the middle of the line. Yeah, the I mean if it didn't look as good as it did, it oh, yeah. would be lower. It would be <laughs> certainly lower. But yes. Yes. The score was really good too, by the way. All right. Let's talk about what we've been watching on the watch list. Kevin, I believe it is your turn this week.
1: I think that's bullshit, but whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I finally watched Final Destination from two thousand. Wow. First time,
0: first time was first time watch.
1: I think so. Pretty sure. None of it felt familiar to me.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So uh, I actually found this movie to be kind of ridiculously fun. I mean, some of it doesn't work, but just I love this idea of death essentially being this monster. He creates these ridiculous Rube Goldberg devices in order to kill people that he wasn't able to kill the first. Just the way things escalate, which uh, the highlight being the teacher that dies, that Devin Sawa tries to, he's like really the first one that he tries to intervene and, you know, stop from happening. And it is insane everything that happens in order to kill this woman. And it just, just keeps going and going. And Devin Sala just has no idea what to do. Like he, he got to the point where he, he kind of knows what's going on. And he has an idea that he can intervene, but he has no idea how to do this, which I, that's the the main thing that I liked about this movie is it felt, I mean, as ridiculous it is, as it is, it felt very realistic in that yes, he figured things out, but he still has no idea how to do what he needs to do. It's just, he's just kind of failing, but, and also how he kind of loses his mind trying to, you know, playing this, this game with death. Mm -hmm. It's just a great idea.
0: I love the whole series. Uh, I'm a fan of, I I wasn't a, Huge fan of the second one, but all the rest of them, man, it's all of them are really fun. Yeah, I definitely
1: it was enough that I was like, yes, I am going to continue with this. Yeah, it's
0: it's a it's there's some there's some weaker entries in the franchise, but uh, the I think it's the third one. The one that was in 3D was not great either. I think that was the one with the roller coaster. Uh, but, uh, yeah, most of them are really over-the-top fun. It's just like it, like his his
1: buddy, the first one that goes. with like He's in the bathroom, and it's just constantly like these... He just narrowly escapes it, and then it sets it up with like, this is going to be the way that mm-hmm. he's going to end up going out. You're like, and nope. It, it's just... <laughs> and I love that the, the water creeps under his foot. He didn't move. He doesn't move, but just the water getting under that foot just throws off his equilibrium. He just <laughs> foot goes out. He's done. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be curious to see if you if you see more of these. And I'm definitely going to try to hear what you think about some of the sequels.
1: Yeah, this is something that kind of came out of like, me and my wife both kind of realizing that we haven't. Seen a lot of these uh these kind of like horror movies from either the the nineties or the early 2000s, or if I have seen them and she hasn't it's been such a long time for me, so we're yeah. kind of going at them and uh, man they're yeah <laughs> just like every the everything that people wear in this movie, oh man, just like shirts three sizes too big. Yeah,
0: just. <laughs> yeah a Final. the first Final Destination came out in 2000, but it's definitely a 90s movie.
1: Oh, my God. Incredible.
0: Uh, so I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Obviously, this is the new Quentin Tarantino movie. I've talking about it this weekend. Uh, I liked it a lot. I didn't love it. I think it had some problems. Uh, I think that there were some editing issues with this movie. It just feels very inconsistent. And I feel like, I, I think I read that uh, there was like some kind of like four and a half hour version of this movie or something. Now the the one that's in theaters right now is two hours and 41 minutes. So it's pushing three hours and you feel the length. It, it, it's pretty long. This is not a movie for you, Kevin. I don't think. Uh,
1: (laughs) This was when you were like, because I I had to work this weekend and when you threw that out there, I was like, well, let me see what the runtime is on this bad boy. And as soon as I saw the runtime, I was like, no, no, I'm already going to have not a lot of time this weekend. Not happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you should probably still see it, but I maybe would temper your expectations going into it just specifically for you, because I think that there's going to be a lot of elements of it that, that you're not into. There is narration in it. There's some voiceover happening that is unnecessary and not very consistent at all. Like it just pops up out of nowhere and then it just disappears for a while and then it comes back and then it's gone. Um, a lot of the movie is spent on set with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, just acting like in this like Western that he's in. And I feel like they spend way too much time doing this. Like they'll, they'll be like, I don't know, half a dozen scenes that play out. And it just feels like this is, this is too much. Like this, this, why is all of this in here? Like, I feel like you could get, you could, you could properly convey this man's, plight and where he's at in his life and in his career and in, and also where Hollywood is at during this time and in a pretty major transition period, you could convey all of that with just a couple scenes and <laughs> they, uh, they just really overdo it with that. Um, it's a, it's a really, really uh, pretty wildly entertaining time though like it is consistently funny i think it's probably tarantino's funniest movie uh, movies i think it's more more a comedy than any of his other movies and i really enjoyed that and i also really just enjoyed the the hollywood landscape you know this is at the the dawn of the the golden age of hollywood and i feel like tarantino being such a movie lover himself and being essentially a film historian he's able to you know put in so many little like tidbits of this era that mm-hmm. were just like almost throwaway things like just little visual cues like just tiny little like conversations that you know you you just blink and you'll miss them things that really kind of accentuate the the time period in which this took place and then you have the, the big, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you have this big uh, culminating uh, finale that uh, was r- really effective and and worked tremendously well. So there were a lot of things I liked about it. Obviously, the, the performances you have uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio were great, but also Margot Robbie was really, really great as uh, Sharon Tate as well. Pretty much everybody across the board was solid performance wise. Um, so there was a lot, there was a lot that I really, really liked about the movie. I just felt like it was a little, it was a little rough in the editing at times. And I feel like it just could have been trimmed up a little bit, but otherwise I would still say it is, uh, absolutely worth a look. Certainly not my favorite Tarantino movie, but it's not, uh, I don't know if it would necessarily be at the bottom of the list either.
1: Uh I saw uh Girlfriends from nineteen seventy eight. This is directed by Claudia Weil. This is on uh Criterion Channel. This is a movie I've been wanting to see for ages, right? It's supposed to be, you know, this unbelievable classic. And so finally get to Criterion Channel. Thank you for that. And uh man, this is this is pretty damn good. This is pretty incredible. This is apparently this is the movie that uh I guess largely influenced the show Girls. And it's Melanie Mayron plays uh, Susan Weinblatt and her and her roommate. Her roommate ends up moving out, get married, all that. She gets married to Bob Balaban, a young Bob Balaban. And Susan Weinblatt ends up dating a young Christopher Guest. So a lot of great comedy in there. But the interesting thing here is that it's like about an hour and a half right and it's just there's not a whole a lot uh in terms of like a narrative arc well i'm sorry there is but it just it covers a lot of ground in that hour and a half right so a lot of subject matter a lot of time uh a lot of uh what goes on with the relationships who they're dating them as friends other people uh stuff in her career as a photographer Where like she has setbacks, but she also has victories. Like for for the runtime, it definitely feels like there's a lot more going on. Like they they jam pack so much into it, so it feels longer, but in a good way. It doesn't feel like it's just dragging on. You're just kind of surprised at the end to be like, wow, that was only you know an hour and a half. Felt you know much larger in scope, and uh, it's just a great balance and a great mix of comedy and drama. And it seems to just a great job of shifting between the two and knowing exactly when to do that, you know, tonally and it just, everything
0: about it works. Might have to check this out. Uh, that's girlfriends on the criterion channel. All right. So I'm, uh, in week 37 of Fantasia fest. The The festival that never seems to end. No. I swear does. to God, dude. <laughs> it, it, I swear to God, this is the longest film festival in the world. It just never ends. One movie that I could recommend is called Freaks. This is directed by Zach Lipovsky and Adam B. Stein. Now, this is a movie that I think is will certainly divide audiences in where it goes because it is a movie that, uh, I'm, I'm not sure like the, the marketing material for this is a little bit intentionally deceiving and I, I haven't seen there. There is a trailer out. They did release a trailer, but I haven't watched it. So I'm not sure how much they give away in the trailer. Uh, but it, it is the type of movie that you Want to go in completely cold. You don't want to know anything about this this one going into it because I I feel like if you if you did unintentionally read some stuff about it or see too much in a trailer that it could uh, very well ruin the the experience because there's there's several twists and several things that happen that are really surprising that take the movie into some really interesting directions. Uh, what I will say is that it stars Emil Hirsch and uh, Lexi Kolker as a um a father and a young daughter who seem to be held up in this like decrepit like derelict house and he refuses to let his daughter go outside. even though it looks perfectly fine, he says that you'll be killed and, you know that there's something weird going on because like he will periodically bleed from his eyes and he's like asking her if she ever bleeds from her eyes. So, you know, that there's something happening with that. Uh, and you also know that there's this kind of creepy ice cream man that sits outside in front of their house and, uh, he's played by Bruce Dern. And you know that the, that the girl's, mother is presumed dead and you also know that she uh has like visions of what she believes to be like ghosts and that's really all you need to know going into it where it goes from there is not expected at all it's set up like a like a horror movie where you have this like crazy possibly abusive father who's preventing his daughter from going outside but then it sort of turns into this almost sci-fi story and I won't, I won't divulge any other details, but I really liked where it went. I thought it was really fun and interesting. And uh, it's definitely one that I could, that I could easily recommend. That's called freaks. I had an A 24 horror movie, right? Called a hole in the ground. Yeah. I've heard about this. Uh, I haven't seen this yet.
1: So this is, it caught my interest because uh, one of the main parts of the storyline is that there's the massive sinkhole on, on this woman's property. So this woman uh, takes her son, young son, they move, right? She's a single mom. Now she's moving to this new place with her son. So it's of course, one of those movies where it's like, you know, the single mom horror film where the, can't handle the kid or whatever. Uh, I guess too too much stress, and uh, of course she gets some medication, and then there starts playing into this whole idea of like, is she actually crazy or is she actually onto something? So it's a lot of well worn territory that you've seen a lot of other movies, but not many horror movies have a massive sinkhole on someone's property that plays you know kind of an important role here. <clears throat> So, I, you know, I read Sinkhole. I said, okay, sinkholes. Now, the sinkhole that's in this movie is insane. Like, it's, it's like a couple city blocks. Like, it's a big-ass sinkhole. Just, <laughs> like, swallowing a forest. And no one seems to be discussing this at all. No one's doing anything about it. She walks out into the forest, sees this massive sinkhole, and she's just like, oh, shit. And her son comes over, and her son's like, hey... What's that? And I shit you not. Her answer is nothing. And they go back to the house. Now, if you're a parent, I think it's kind of important to explain what a sinkhole is and how fucking dangerous they are, especially one that's eating like half of a forest. Okay? So that's her first mistake because the kid yeah. <laughs> the kid ends up going into the sinkhole, right? And he comes back and the whole you know the whole thing is hey, is he different? Did the sinkhole do something? And it's just, like, no no one. No one outside of what I just said, which is, hey, what's that? Oh, it's nothing, honey. Let's go back to the house. There is no mention of the sinkhole ever in the rest of the movie. And I'm just, I don't understand that. Like, it's just, all the other, like, horror elements of it are just, you know, it's just... You've seen it before in better movies and done better. And then the ending is really bizarre where it's this, this kind of a climax. And then it just kind of like, it like fast forwards through its own movie and just like, kind of skips ahead and like, ah, we're done. And you just like, Oh really? Just like massive leaps in time to just be like, yep, we're done. Roll credits. Mm. It's, it's kind of bizarre. It doesn't work. None of it really works.
0: Uh I, all right, I saw here here's a couple other fantasia ones. One that I kind of liked was called The Wretched. This is a little bit of a creature feature. It it almost has a fright night vibe maybe mixed in with a little bit of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's essentially about this uh this little little harbor town and this kid, this teenager who is like sort of rebelling against his parents' divorce. He's a little shit. And he goes to his dad's place. His dad owns this marina. And he goes to work at the marina for the summer. And he starts noticing some weird stuff going on with his neighbors. And what happened was his neighbor uh, hits a deer with her car on the way home and takes the deer back to her house in order to like gut it and, in you know, harvest its meat. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, there's a witch that's hiding inside of the deer's body. Oh, fuck. And the that witch
1: sounds incredible.
0: The witch emerges from the deer. Yes. In a very gross scene and ends up taking over the, the mom, the wife that's, that's the neighbor. and, Dude essentially goes inside her body and wears wears her like a skin suit (laughs) and and so what she does is she she's a witch so she wants to gather up all the children She, she wants the children naturally but because also because she's a witch she has the ability to sort of cast spells on other people. So she starts controlling the other people in the town and taking over the other people in the town. Oh my. And the douchebag neighbor kid, he sees this like something's going on here, but of course nobody believes him. He's like, there's a witch, there's a witch taking over people's bodies and nobody believes him. And it of course leads to this like big, uh, big climax at the end there's some really interesting uh, twists and turns that happen along the way. Some, some really kind of fun things that I didn't see coming. Uh, and, and there's some really excellent practical effects work done here, too. Some really kind of gruesome, gross stuff that happens. So I had a lot of fun with it. I, I hated the main character, the kid. I thought he was a real piece of shit. But uh, other than that, like it was, it was a really fun time. Uh, again, that's called the wretched. So keep a, keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. It's
1: like every, every little tidbit of the, of the narrative that you gave every little morsel just made it sound even better.
0: Yeah. I think you, I think you would have a good time with that. Uh, another one that was a really good time was satanic panic directed by Chelsea stardust. This is a, it's a horror comedy. Super, super graphic, really gory horror comedy about a, a pizza delivery person who uh, delivers pizza to this uh, rich neighborhood, this like sort of big mansion, and they stiffer on the tip and she finds that her scooter is out of gas. So she goes to try to maybe collect a tip and maybe get some help with With her scooter situation, and like nobody's answering the door, so she goes inside and finds that uh, they're doing a satanic ritual in this mm-hmm. the big mansion. And it turns out that all of the the neighborhood people that live in this like rich, like affluent gated community are all part of a satanic cult. And as it turns out, they need a a virgin for their ritual and the version that they did have. Uh, ended up having sex like the the day of or the the day before the ritual because she knew that she was going to be sacrificed. Uh, turned out to be the daughter of one of the the Satanists, and uh, this is a really really fun movie. It it has Rebecca Romaine in it. She plays like the lead cultist. Uh, and her husband is played by Jerry O'Connell, who's her husband in real life. And he has, the, he has a soul patch and he vapes constantly and something really awful happens to him. That's also very funny. AJ <laughs> Bowen, AJ Bowen is in there too. Something really terrible. Uh, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> and, and something terrible happens to him too. Something really goring, horrific. Uh, Haley Griffith is the, she's the lead. She plays the lead. And she's really great in it as well. I definitely recommend this one. It, it's so over the top, really goofy, all, all practical effects in this one as well. And, uh, yeah, I had a blast with satanic panic. It's nice. just, it's really, really fun. Um, let's see the, the, I guess the, the only other one that I will mention, the final one is, uh, called harpoon this is directed by Rob Grant and it involves three, I would say quote, best friends. Um, because as you find out that they're, they're not really best friends. They kind of, they're kind of horrible people in general, but it's three friends who go out on, uh, one of their, one of these friends is rich and he has his own boat and they go out for a day, a day on the water. And, they end up getting into this big fight and one of the friends ends up getting shot in the hand with a spear gun. Mm. And they have this sort of, uh, it, uh, the big fist fight breaks out. One of them gets knocked out. And then the two of them, uh, the guy and uh, a young woman, they decide to just kill this friend because if he wakes up, cause they knock him out. If he wakes up, he's going to kill us because he's nuts. So they're like, all right, let's just dump him overboard. We can say it was an accident. So they dump him overboard and he wakes up in the water and they sort of decide, okay, we're not going to kill each other. We're just going to, we're going to go back. We're going to forget any of this ever happened. So they were like, okay, let's get rid of anything that you can use to hurt someone. So they dump and they essentially dump everything on the boat overboard. And then they find out that the boat's not turning on. And they're stuck out in the middle of the ocean. Mm. So then it turns into this like survival story where they're out at sea. They have no water. They have no food, no way to communicate to get home. And you have these three people that hate each other and it goes to some of the places that it goes, you expect, uh, but it does take some interesting detours here and there. And the, the writing is actually quite smart and I, I, this is again is sort of straddles the line between dark comedy and thriller. And I, another, this is another one that I could recommend checking out. I mean, it's sort of the perfect VOD movie where it's, it's a lot, it's not amazing. You don't have to see it in the theater or anything, but it's a lot of fun. So I would keep an eye out on harpoon. Okay. And, and also there's some really <laughs> disturbing things that happen in this as well uh imagine you're out on a on a boat for days and days and days and you had a spear go through your hand and what might happen to that wound after uh days mm-hmm. and days without treatment
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh that's that's all, that's it that's all I got this week. All right, let's talk about some new releases in theaters this week. We got Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, this movie looks pretty fun. Uh, I'll be honest. It, it looks like a completely over-the-top, ridiculous, fun time. I'm pretty into it. I'll check it out. I do. The I... whole like Fast and Furious presents thing is unnecessary. Yes,
1: but... that's the part that I love the most. Yeah. Yeah, I just love how they're getting so <laughs> ridiculous with it.
0: Like you couldn't just—I mean, I—I I think just putting Hobbs and Shaw would be enough. Like people would know. Like these no. are the two characters.
1: No, you gotta you gotta get that brand out there, brand out front.
0: Either way, I think it looks uh, looks looks pretty fun. You got you got the Rock in there. You got Jason Statham. You know, two sworn enemies of the franchise that are forced to team up against. Idris Elba, who's playing the bad guy, and you got Helen Mirren in there. And Come is, on, isn't Idris Elba like a like a
1: fucking android or something?
0: He he has like, uh, well, just judging from the trailer, he has like some kind of biotech in yeah. him that makes him like superhuman or something. Yeah,
1: he's like indestructible. <laughs> it's insane. I love how they're just going into superhero territory. Yeah, they're
0: just it's, like. Uh, that's 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 what's the fashion right now so let's do it. Well, it looks like they're just totally embracing it. So, yeah. I- I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked for it. It's directed by David Leitch who did uh Deadpool 2, he did Atomic Blonde, he did um the first John Wick, he was a co-director on the first John Wick. So, yeah. it sh- it should be a good time. Uh, let's see what else we have here. The Nightingale is coming out and I'm assuming what would be I think this is limited release. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can't imagine this is getting a wide release. This is Jennifer Kent's much-anticipated yeah. follow-up to The Babadook. I think, uh, I think with you announcing it now
1: here in limited release, I think that puts me at like two more years, and then I'll probably be able to see it.
0: Yeah, you might not get a chance to see this for a little while. It looks like it's another one of these kind of folk horror movies. Mm-hmm. Very trendy, the the full car.
1: I remember this being like on one of my anticipated lists in like
0: 2016. Oh yeah, long, long time ago. I remember this was. We were ages. talking about this one for years, ages ago. Loose is also coming out. That's L U C E. This is the one with uh Octavia Spencer, Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Where. Uh, They adopt a a kid from this like uh like a war-torn country and he grows up to be this like star student and there's some sort of like scandal that happens involving uh, Octavia Spencer who plays a teacher of his. It looks quite good. I've heard really good things out hmm. of, uh, I believe it was premiered at Sundance. Okay. So I'm, I'm slightly interested <laughs> in that. It looks like there's almost like a thriller element to it. So yeah, very curious to check that out. Uh, Another one that I'm curious about is them that follow. This is going to be a limited release as well. Uh, This is uh, about a um, isolated community of serpent handlers. Oh boy. That's an obscure sect of Pentecostals. And uh, I think uh, I don't know who they're led by. If they're led by Walton Goggins, but Walton Goggins is involved, and I can't think of anyone better to portray yeah. a serpent handling Pentecostal than Walton Goggins. Who whoever
1: did the casting for that? Yeah. Job.
0: So yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, and it takes place in in Appalachia, which uh, is Ooh, an area that I personally love. So yes. Yeah. You just. Do you remember that? Remember that one? There was another movie that came out years ago, yeah, that was about serpent Handling, and we and we saw we it saw at it. South by, and we were like really excited about it, and it turned out to not be very good at all. So yeah. I'm hoping that this is like what we wanted that one to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. This this definitely sounds uh, very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Might have to review that next week.
1: Might have to watch it. Yeah. We also
0: have piranhas, which is a. Uh, I think this is sort of a coming of age story. Uh, I believe it's Italian and it's uh, about a group of friends who uh, start to like deal drugs and stuff. Um, I can't remember where I I know it's Italian, but I don't remember exactly where it takes place based on a novel by the guy who wrote Gomorrah. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, we should have a review for this up on the site early this week. We also have Tel Aviv on fire, Lady World. This is a, a sort of sci fi dystopian future where I believe it's just, it's like only only young women,
1: only ladies.
0: Uh, it says eight teenage girls are trapped at an endless birthday party in the canyons after a massive ecological event.
1: Okay. Oh, that sounds. Uh, I think
0: it. it it's, it's like a sort of a uh, Lord of the Flies yeah, sort of scenario, yeah. I believe. Yeah, that's that's what
1: I was seeing there.
0: Yeah. That uh, looks like that's pretty much it for theaters this week. Let's see what we have on VOD. Now, on Tuesday, we have Illumina Illuminated, the true story of the Illuminati. I don't know if that could be like could can you actually say that the true story of the Illuminati? I mean isn't no. don't a lot of people don't most people think that the Illuminati Is not even a real thing like that that it never even really existed and the the, the, whole, the whole thing is just a hoax.
1: I, I was going to say like if it's like the legit true it would it would be like 5 minutes long and just be like it's made up and then <laughs> credits roll <laughs> like
0: come on now uh, maybe I'll give it. Maybe I'll give this a look to see.
1: <laughs> that would be funny if they if they did have like a lot of substantial evidence that just really sealed it that it is a hundred percent true. they just Cr- blow the whole crack. thing open yeah. and everyone ignores it except for you, the one person that saw it, and then you get extremely obsessed with
0: it, <laughs> turn into one of those people, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I lose my friend. For the rest of our lives. Because
0: I see the, the triangle <laughs> Illuminati symbol like in everything, and I believe that it's all a sign. <laughs> uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Mm, I highly doubt that that would happen. <laughs> also on Tuesday, we have Surviving Confession. This is a comedy. We got Chain of Death. Ooh. We have... And then on the 31st on HBO, we have Unmasking Jihadi John, Anatomy of a Terrorist. On Friday, what do we do? We have anything on Friday? We have a score to settle, 15 minutes of war, Otherhood, which is on Netflix, and it looks like that's it for this week on VOD. On Blu ray, we have Humanoids from the Deep from 1980. This looks like a steel book that's coming out. Oh boy. Glory from 1989 is coming out on 4K. Hellmaster from 1992 is coming out. I think this might be a Vinegar Syndrome. It is. And then Play Dead from 1983 is also coming out on Vinegar Syndrome. This might, might be a killer dog movie. We have Lust for a Vampire from 1971. We have The Pink Ladies from 1980. And mascara from 1983. The last two I mentioned are also on Vinegar Syndrome. Jeez, The man, Vinegar Syndrome's been cranking them out lately. They've been killing it. Long Shot from earlier this year is coming out. That's the comedy with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't didn't hear great things. Mm-hmm. Portraits of Andrea Palmer from 2017. Domino. That's the De Palma one Ooh. coming out. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No,
1: thank you.
0: El Chicano from, it says 2018, but I think that came out earlier this year. Yeah, pretty sure. I seem to remember that coming out earlier this year. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Do we have any criterions this week? We have uh, zero. Zero criterions. All right. There, there we have it. There you go. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week in that case. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.